Welcome to the Hyatt 9 News Hour, where you will hear from cannabis industry experts and professionals from around the country talk about important topics while shining light on global issues and discussing cannabis as it relates to politics, regulation and reform, data and technology, science, research and medicine, family and parenting, art, celebrities and entertainment, fitness, sports, mental health and wellness and plant-based medicines and entheogenics. Together, we are building a stronger community, fighting the stigma and creating change with your hosts, Jason Beck and Rico Lamite, joined by special industry expert correspondents from around the country and Daily Antics brought to you by Cannabis. Coming to you live every Monday through Friday at 9 a.m. Pacific time and high noon on the East Coast. And thank you all for getting high at nine with us. Oh, yeah. Good morning, everybody. It is Tuesday, July Tuesday, July 11th. Oh, my goodness. Sorry about that. Today is National Cheer Up the Lonely Day, World Benzazepine Awareness Day, All-American Pet Photo Day, so you make sure you get some selfies with your dogs, Gretchen. It's also National 7-Eleven Day, free Slurpees for everybody on top of National Rainier Cherry Day. It's also Cow Appreciation Day, and you should always appreciate the cows when you're driving on the 5 passing Harris Ranch, as well as National Blueberry Muffin Day, and make sure when you do make blueberry muffins that you have an equal amount of blueberries in each muffin. It's also National Mojito Day and World Population Day. Well, thank you for joining us and getting high at 9 with us. It's also high noon on the East Coast, and please remember to like, share, and subscribe to us on all social media platforms. Use that fancy little QR code right there in the top-hand corner of your screen to see where we live on the internet. And we're live every Monday through Friday on YouTube and uh, audio only on Twitter Spaces. But we think there's something going on with Twitter Spaces because it's not giving us an option to start a room in there today. So, nonetheless, we are going to kick it off with the dope dad himself. That's right. It's Rico Lamite. He made it right in time, right at the buzzer line. Oh, yeah. Blowing out puffs of clouds and making it rain. As they do. It's the dope dad himself, Rico Meat. Is the applause, is it working? Is it working today? Oh, hold on. Uh, yeah, I just yeah. heard the applause. Yep, yep. Sounds like rainwater, though, really. Sounds like rainwater, dude. Yeah, it sounds like, sounds like, a, sh- it sounds like a shower, like a waterfall, more than it sounds like applause. Hey, showers are good, you know? If you, if you take them take them get it all right so my story today thank you jason for that uh, wonderful introduction today i've got an update on a story that i covered previously this year uh, out of franklin county massachusetts a rural area not far from amherst about two hours outside of boston tough economic times have hit cannabis communities nationwide particularly hard and unfortunately this updates a sad one for watley massachusetts cannabis community Y'all may or may not remember the previous coverage of Club Castaway prior to COVID. It was a thriving strip club in a small Massachusetts town. There's only one other adult establishment like it in Franklin County within 15 miles. And with the other waving its white flag early in the pandemic, Club Castaway was the last strip club standing with a history dating back to the 70s. It was bought by a duo of entrepreneurs, one in real estate and the other had a history in cannabis. The dream was to revive that local hotspot and turn it into the nation's first ever topless cannabis dispensary. Local incels, loners, and weirdos rejoiced as it seemed that the local legal hurdles were surprisingly low and the deal would most likely go through. But just this weekend, one of the business's partners, Nicholas Spagnola, provided an update to the public telling the Republican in Mass Live that though the once shuttered club cast away, would be reopening in August. 
getting the strip club back open is their focus now, not cannabis. He said their proposal to open what may have been the country's first topless cannabis retail outlet is no longer a priority. Per the article, Spagnola and business partner Julius Sokol are having floors and sound system repaired and are on track to open next month after being closed since the pandemic hit. Last winter, Spagnola and Sokol made national headlines with their proposed conversion of Club Castaway into a topless cannabis dispensary and everybody rejoiced. Nervously, they nervously presented the idea to a select board meeting on February 16th to Watley Town officials. And to most everyone's surprise, there wasn't much pushback from the town's top brass. Spagnola said the venture would be cannabis with, with a small twist and that there are a lot of dispensaries open, but their niche was going to be guaranteeing their success. But the economic took a downturn and the cannabis industry has been struggling this year. And the partners ditched the niche idea that they once had and are focusing the club's traditional business. The plan was to rehire many of the laid off dancers, train them up to, into being bud tenders and split the address in two to create some kind of combo topless tender dispensary on one side and a regular bar next door as they were able to retain the original liquor license. But it seems now the duo's once lofty aspirations of bringing bare boobs and blunts together legally and becoming every lonely, gameless teenage boy in America's idol fell short. Hopefully the fact the project wasn't outright panned by the com community officials offered, through, uh, offered enough in inspiration for the next local entrepreneur to revive that idea and innovation wasn't totally stifled. I'm Rico Lamit, Dobas Dad on the Street for High Nine News. Love to hear what you guys have to say about this one. Sad. So, so there's not going to be a strip club slash dispensary now. No topless nope. waitresses. No tub topless bud tendresses. This is just a sad, sad day for America. Ask for me. I'm surprised that this didn't happen in Vegas first. To be perfectly honest. Surprise. Uh, yeah, that's a really good point because everything happens in Vegas. I know. I'm surprised. I'm surprised <laughs> Planet everything. 13. Surprised Lots of strip clubs. Yeah, I'm surprised Planet 13 didn't uh, lobby for something like this. Surprised at that, too. <laughs> um, or even the city of so Pahrump. All, all, <laughs> all of the consumption lounges are not open yet. We've got about 37 licenses um, and concepts that have not been released or released. Mm -hmm. um, we haven't seen anyone lobbying or advocating to have a topless um, consumption lounge, um, mm. but definitely um, none of the dispensaries have gone down that road. So, but um, but we'll wait and see, you know, we've got, they've got to be innovative with their consumption lounge concepts in order to get people in the door, um, convince people to stop smoking on the street and pay an exorbitant amount of money to come into their consumption lounge um, to to be able to consume there. So we'll see. We, we have a few, even though we don't have consumption lounges. So in Florida, we definitely have a few places doing it different ways. So it's interesting um, for patients, obviously. But, you know, it seems to be a good model that, uh, you know, is working out. We're not having any issues with it right now. You, how many consumption lounges are, are you aware of in the state of Florida, Michael? Well, so I know of at least four, um, you know, that, and it's basically businesses allowing patients to bring and use their own cannabis. Mm -hmm. oh. Interesting. And uh, for, for any of you guys that don't know, we have Michael Minardi with us. He's an attorney uh, in the state of Florida. And uh, on, a, on a story that's coming up next, uh, he has some quotes in it. So he's going to be joining us for a little while. So, Rico, I got a couple questions. Uh, this is not coming to fruition, not for a lack of interest, correct? It's they're working on the construction and other things. It says strip clubs going to make money. Saying? Cannabis ain't going to make money. They ain't trying to go broke like everybody else. If they were not and not by the, by the city. Yeah. Like, yeah, they're focusing on the strip club. That's it. They don't want to go broke. I mean, right. I mean, less uh, regulation, <laughs> less regulation for the strip club. 
Absolutely. Yes. Uh, they already I, got their I, liquor license. I mean, I, I, I want... I wonder if the reason that none of the uh, uh, dispensaries in Las Vegas have advocated that because they're worried about the left saying and the woke coming after them and trying to cancel culture them. Do you think? Do you think that's the case, Nicole? No. For, for what? Cancel them for what? Because they're yeah, going to say they're 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 I'm just saying. I'm just saying. You know. <laughs> Can't you know? I'm just saying. I see it often in cannabis stuff, and them trying to do this and that for whatever reason that they feel ideal ideologically attached to. Strip clubs are a bastion of uh, of, uh, of of female empowerment. I, I I believe in them. I believe in them. But there's yeah, also right. there's also a number there's also a number of females that also feel as though that they are um, exploiting women. Look, man, I had, well, I had a I'm very, sure. had a very different, had a, had a totally different view on strip clubs before I went to Atlanta. When I went down to Atlanta. <laughs> oh yeah, I, I was a believer. Those like, those girls in Atlanta are making more money than the strip club owners. Like they are mm -hmm. making bank, and it's all like tax free cash. Um, but my but the thing is, like like Rico mentioned, the, the regulations around opening up a strip club are much less than opening up a dispensary. Mm -hmm. So from a business yeah. perspective keeping your license for your strip club and your liquor license. And it's going to be a lot easier path than trying to go down the road of adding a dispensary to that situation. It just, it's, it's just harder mm. More regulation on cannabis mm -hmm. and alcohol and titties. Yeah. What, what, what do you have, Sean? Go for it, Sean. We heard in, in Las Vegas was why the gaming establishments were not, super interested in allowing cannabis or fighting that issue was they believed cannabis didn't create that euphoric i'll spend a lot of money uh high and so that may be also one of the impediments unless you think smoking weed gets your uh judgment impaired as much as alcohol which i think most of us are going to say it does not yeah, I think I yeah, think I you're think right about that. Sean. Yeah, they prefer the gamblers. Hold on, to, hold on. One person at a time. One they person. They prefer the gamblers to stay away. They prefer the. What did you have to say, Nicole? Just saying they prefer the. What did you have to say, Nicole? Oh, sorry. <laughs> I was just saying the the casinos are not touching cannabis because it's not federally regulated. Well, so the casinos would much rather keep their cash with gambling than um than risk the feds coming in and you know checking their regulation around cannabis so they're not touching it until it becomes federally legal it's because of the money no doubt the gaming authority doesn't allow it but the gaming authority is run by them and while that is a huge concern uh in discussions the the tests that they've done because they test everything from temperature to everything is cannabis does not uh cause excess spending like alcohol mm -hmm. and so that's mm. why you support of the actual uh casinos and changing that interesting yeah man it, it, they much prefer money. you do cocaine you stay away was that? Was, uh, was and gamble more hold on we we got it we got to stick to they, one person they, they talking at a time go for it todd they, they much prefer they much prefer cocaine because uh, you know people stay up and gamble more and then drink more. Um, Rico, uh, what are the strippers? Very, Rico, what you got? That's true. True. What you got, I was Rico? Gonna say, man, like you can't mess up that money train, man. They already making money off of liquor. They're already making money off of gambling. And if cannabis is still showing to be a money pit, like why would you switch it up? Why would you disrupt that? Mm -hmm. Gretchen, you you have any thoughts on this, Gretchen? I think it's time to move on. You think it's time to move on. All right. Well, well, in, in, in that case, we do want to say a happy birthday to Blazy Blondie. And thank you, Dwayne, for the super chat. Much appreciated. We do appreciate that very much. And with that, we're going to go to a commercial. We'll be right back. How's it going, guys? Saman Razani coming to you from Green Street here with Jason Beck smoking on the best weed in the world. Did you know that we have an audio-only version of our podcast available on Apple, Google, Amazon, iHeartRadio, and Spotify. Tune in now and check it out. All right. Coming up next. Yeah, you're good, Rico. You're okay. You got the intro? Yeah, yeah, it's all yeah. you, baby. My all right. bad. All right. 
right. You're gonna you introduce yourself. You know what I'm saying? No, no, no. You're you're, you're you're here. You're here. I don't. Yeah. That self empowerment <laughs> shit. You know what I'm saying? I'm all for it. <laughs> Coming up next is the cannabis industry's longest continuously operating retailer, known for smoking the best weed in the world and for his tabletop stretch sessions with smoky vanilla. Jason, back. What do you have for us today, man? Oh, yeah. You know, it's, it is Tuesday. Today is going to be time for a stretch and smoke right after the show. So, you know, but today, very interesting story for you guys today. We go back and forth on this all the time. But a Florida cannabis dispensary has co- says that they have collected enough signatures to get adult-use cannabis on the ballot. That's right. True Leaf says it has collected more than 965,000 signatures for the Smart and Safe campaign to legalize adult-use cannabis in the state of Florida. That's more than enough signatures to get on the 2024 ballot, assuming the ballot language is approved by the state Supreme Court, a heavily conservative-leaning court. Attorney General Ashley Moody is among those fighting it, saying the court should reject the proposal. Still, this advancement in the process has the pro-legalization side feeling confident. In a quote, I have confidence that it's going to pass the Supreme Court review And then really, you know, it's up to the voters and the people of Florida, said Michael Minardi, who happens to be with us today, and attorney and chairman of Regulate Florida. And if the initiative does pass, it would need the approval of at least 60% of voters in 20, at least 60% of the voters in 2016, 71% of voters approved for medical cannabis. And Monardi believes legalization would increase tourism jobs and create a tax windfall. And in a quote, he says, absolutely, I would see in excess of, you know, one to two billion dollars the first couple of years of adult use here in the state of Florida, he said. On the other hand, opponents say Florida doesn't need another intoxicant, especially in the hands of kids. And in a quote, there's more problems with abuse and addiction. We need more treatment. So I think the costs would be much higher than the average voter would know about, said Ellen Snelling with the Hillsborough County Anti-Drug Alliance. She also says, it's kind of like marijuana on crack. We don't need the legalized, we don't need this legalized in our state, she added. And Trulieve says it it has uh, polling shows that 65% of Floridians support legalization, according to Trulieve. Well, I'll tell you what, I'm not sure what to believe on this. I think the Attorney General is probably going to strike this down under its single subject rule, but you know what? I'm not an attorney, and we fortunately have Michael Minardi, who is an attorney and can talk more about this subject and was quoted in the article. So, Michael, what do you have to say about all this going on in Florida? Hey, Jason. Thanks for having me. Uh, greatly appreciate it. It's been a long time since we've been talking about this. But, you know, I- I'm excited about Florida, and the single subject rule is, is broad, even though it's narrow in scope, as it says. And so I, I think the single subject rule specifically, you know, it is one issue and they try to split it up and they say decriminalization and then allowing adult sales is, you know, two different issues. Now, realize the way they did this amendment, it's our medical marijuana amendment that has passed our Florida Supreme Court under a total different composition twice. Um, that was in 2014 and 2016 you know, before it went on to the ballot those two election years. So all they did was take that amendment and change and add in that those MMTCs would be allowed to sell to adults 21 plus, and they added in that um, they could create other, the, the legislature could create other businesses to sell to uh, adult use patient, or people. So um, that's why I think that it should pass because there's precedent for that language passing previously and in that program as well kind of like the argument that um, one of the people are making against the petition they had both legalized medical marijuana for patients and then created an adult um, or a, a medical marijuana sale and regulated use system the current license holders and system we have here in the state of florida today so um I'm looking forward to it. I'm excited. We need it here in Florida. It's six years after we pass medical. Yeah, I mean, wow. I, I, well, I should go ahead, Sean. Go ahead. Let me. 
why should the voters of Florida, I mean, when True Leaf sits there and says 65% uh, of voters support cannabis uh, legalization, we know there's not that support for this because of, of who it comes from and what it will embed, which is really an oligopoly serving a small percentage and the vast majority of Floridians will be relegated to the illicit market. Why should voters, especially people like veterans who simply can't afford to medicate in True Lee's model, support this? You know, in okay, terms- Sean Kiernan, can I, I'm sorry, I got to jump in here for one second. I don't know where you're coming from thinking that there's not the support for this in Florida. When they tried to vote on this years ago, it was at like 59.6. It was like right on the margin of passing. So I don't know why you think they can't get 65%. And I don't know why you think the voter base in Florida is so informed uh, that they're going to be like, oh, this is an oligopoly just taking care of true leaf. So I don't want pot. You're crazy. Yeah, but, you know. Why don't you let let Michael answer the question? Yeah. All right, fine. I I hate to say it's pretty accurate. And, And Sean, you know, I've been very surprised that this amendment hasn't gotten the sort of um, backlash that had the MILF amendment. So that was Make It Legal Florida, which was pushed by MedMen a couple years ago, which people were pissed about that, right? And I think it was because it was a lot clearer that it it did that. Um, You know, but I think the people in Florida, and number one, and, and that's an issue, but we have 22 new licenses coming on board plus another. So our system is gonna be doubling. We currently have 22. Um, almost to 50 over the next year or so. Uh, so in many ways, I do agree with you. And I'm amazed actually when this first came out, because that's all it is. And that's what the MILF amendment was. And it got tons of backlash against it because it was just allowing the monopolies. And we were much more of a monopoly back then than we kind of are now with the hopes of new licenses coming on board. Um, you know, for me as a defense attorney, as an advocate for it, if we can just get less people arrested, less veterans who don't want to get a card, you know, because you're still paying your $75 for your medical card or to the state and then, you know, a couple hundred dollars um, to the doctors a couple times a year. So, you know, I think the veterans and the people are on it so they don't have to get a card. It's not ideal. Uh, the way I see it is everything we've done in Florida has been baby steps. It's a move in the right direction. And as someone is, is chairman of Regulate, so we were home grow and home cultivation all for the people. And, um, you know, we unfortunately in Florida, we have the right to the petition process. But after we pass medical, our legislature has been like, hell no, this ain't happening again. We're going to put every hurdle in place that we can legally in order to try to prevent this or make this as expensive as possible. And now we've seen Trulieves, you know, put in in excess of $25 million for this initiative. Um, So I think just people want it and are clamoring for it. They're sick of kind of getting the medical cards, huge issues on dispensaries, um, absolutely, you know, throughout the space. And, and your cannabis isn't legal in Florida unless it's in dispensary packaging. Like you technically can't roll a joint and then bring the joint outside, even if it was rolled from that dispensary cannabis and have the joint not in the packaging. You know, we've had arrest in the state from that. Um, right. Is that going to change it? I mean, if we relegate nah. the vast majority of the illicit market, is that really going to change it? Are we really getting less people arrested? Or are we just making uh, truly uh, a lot more money? So, you know, I kind of call them the, the, the dispensary police now because um, that's all these people are doing. Like, it's legal. Everyone can get it. Everyone can pretty much get a medical card, and the cops are just arresting people everywhere for it. So, no, it's not going to change, unfortunately. You know, and I, I do suggest people making sure they always have containers. And I'll tell I would tell Gretchen if she thinks this is going to get 65 percent of the vote in the state of Florida. She's sadly misrepresented and needs to get out of DDC and get down to Florida, because I can tell you our vets are very aware of this. Most of our vets are well, not going to this and they're very pro legalization. So, I, I hear you, Sean, but I don't think it, it well, frankly, it doesn't need 65% of the vote. It needs 60% it needs 60, of the vote needs 60. Uh, to get passed. Uh, and so I think absolutely, if this is left up to the general public in a presidential year, it is going to pass. And I don't care how many vets you roll out. I didn't say it, it wasn't. It is going to pass. 
That's what you people was, keep telling me. Th- that is what you said, said, Sean. You know, when I saw 64 is a disaster, but it's going to pass, I was right in both cases. So so, so you're flip-flopping right now, and you're saying Flip-flop, it's going to pass right now. Here. Yeah. Man, we, we, we know we're going to put... A lot of the vets, and, and I know it's an ongoing dialogue, you know, and where we were at with it, um, even internally, was, you know, questionable about it. But I think, uh, you know, everyone will go to the polls and end up passing it, no problem. I think we will get over 65% by the time November 24 runs around. Uh, you know, when we saw it, when, when we had the 71% for medical, it wasn't divided along political lines, really. You know, both medical got over 2 million votes, more than either presidential candidate and, and more than any other singular candidate running for any office in the state that year. And I think the climate is changing. And so I ran as a Republican um, in 22. I plan on running again. But a lot of our people from L.A. and Cali that were sick of the, you know, policies out there in New York came here as Republicans but are supporting cannabis. Uh, So I think that that vote will come out. I think it'll be a huge vote, especially if DeSantis is on the presidential ticket um, for the Republican Party. And I think that that's an issue, too, that DeSantis is having. Does he want this on the ballot? Um, So I think those are all kind of, you know, potential issues. But I really think that we're going to pass it. The climate here is people is, are very sick of the medical marijuana market. People are sick of, of the dispensaries and the limited pricing. And, you know, we're working on or looking at, and it's really hard to do, potential lawsuits about people getting, you know, they get their flower, they open it up. As you know, it's kind of premium pricing. And, you know, it's a quarter and it weighs 5.8, 6.2 grams. Um, you know, so these Michael. things are happening and, and people are not happy with the medical market. And I think that's why the black market is, you know, or gray market, you know, or the the non-millionaire market is um, people's market, we call it. State. Right. Uh, so. the, the, non-white, the non-white market. Oh, so. boy. Oh, boy. We gave one black farmer a license. One. Uh, <laughs> one black farmer like hey, Michael. One. My, my, Michael, I have, a, I have a quick question, Michael. My, my question. Is is it really called the MILF Amendment? It was. <laughs> it was <laughs> called the Make It Legal Florida Amendment, and um, and it was, oh and, and it lost Supreme Court review. So in 2022, we had two amendments attempting to get on the ballot for legalization. The make it the MILF amendment, which was just again MMTC selling to adults and then ours, um, and the Supreme Court denied them both. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, for ours, we think they really had to pull, uh, make an excuse to do so. Um, they said that we had limited in the ballot summary, um, but in no way was people's personal use limited in the amendment. Um, even though we had you couldn't you know drive and use and etc. Um, so, you know, it'll be very interesting. And, and this court is, you know, four times more conservative, four judges appointed by DeSantis on it. I'm really hoping they look at the letter of the law and they follow the law and what the law is supposed to be in passing the amendment as opposed to it being a political judgment. Um, uh, Michael, uh, are, are, is, is, is truly seen as a savior of the industry down in Florida? Sure. How, <laughs> how, 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 how are they viewed by the uh, general you, cannabis. You community. have your True Leave people that you know definitely enjoy and support True Leave. Um, they've done a lot of good for the state, I will say, for pushing legalization. But they are also the big boy that you know was we think in many ways potentially behind creating this system in Florida. You know, help keep the monopoly in place. Um, I will say, you know, they supported Regulate Florida for a while. They gave us 250K towards it, which wasn't sufficient to get, you know, home cultivation on it. They've always expressed a support for it, um, you know, and support for legalization. So I, I think you probably have like a look at their 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 share of the market space and they'll say, you know, you probably have about um, 80% of those being, you know, truly people that, that regularly provide for true leave and then you know you have a lot of definitely haters against them hundred thousand percent um you know icm they they supported my nonprofit as well we've done over 150 ceiling and expungements with them 
for people to you know clear their records. Um, we do veteran retreats. We've done veterans retreats with them through our nonprofit. So um, they're you know they're doing what they can. They're a business. They're a big business. I don't think they're as bad as far as controlling the state as maybe they used to be. Uh, interesting. Uh, we got to we, we we got to move to Gretchen. We're 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 way past time right now. We are way past time. We got to go to Gretchen. She's our feisty redheaded conservative that loves to tell pot loving libs all about themselves all the time while parading her dogs in fancy pineapple outfits up and down Capitol Hill. That's right. Is none other than the Gretchen Gailey. Good afternoon. And today, Salem is just wearing her favorite <laughs> necktie because she is my little CEO. Mm-hmm. Little anyway, CEO. my headline today. She is. She gets her tie and she gets so excited. Anyway, my headline today is from good old marijuana moment. Uh, headline. Schumer says passing marijuana banking bill will not be easy and needs GOP support as he sets agenda for summer. Passing a marijuana banking bill is a priority during the upcoming summer work session in the Senate, but it will not be easy and needs GOP support to advance, uh, according to Majority Leader Chuck Schumer, in a letter to colleagues that notably omitted his typical call for attaching criminal justice provisions like expungements. The letter that Schumer released on Sunday says that lawmakers will first focus on advancing must-pass appropriations and defense legislation. But he said that Democrats will also continue our work with our Republican colleagues to advance legislation in a range of policy areas. That includes making progress on bipartisan bills like one to safeguard cannabis banking that already received a hearing in the Senate Banking Committee in May and that advocates hope will be taken up for a vote in that panel this month. Passing these bills will not be easy and and we will depend on cooperation of our Republican colleagues to get any of them done. I applaud our committees and our caucus for the continued work to make positive and meaningful changes in the lives of everyday Americans. The majority leader has said several times that he considers the Safe Banking Act to be a legislative priority, though he usually adds that it must be amended to incorporate language on expunging prior cannabis convictions. He declined to restate that point in the news new letter, however. That said, as spokesperson for the lead Republican sponsor of the Standalone Safe Banking Act, Uh, told Marijuana Moment recently that he is open to including the additional reform provision, even as he's cautioned Democrats against significantly expanding the bill's scope in a way that could jeopardize GOP support. As a standalone in its current form, insiders say the measure has enough Republican buy-in to reach the 60-vote threshold needed for passage in the Senate. Our agenda is ambitious, and with a closely divided Senate, we face an uphill battle on many fronts, according to Schumer. It is always my hope that we will be able to find consensus and develop a path forward with our Republican colleagues. But where that is not possible, we must pursue all options available for advancing programs to protect and expand America's middle class. Meanwhile, members of the Senate Banking Committee are also still debating Section 10 of the marijuana bill, which certain Democrats like Senator Jack Reed have voiced concern over, arguing that it would effectively undermine banking regulations outside of the cannabis space. Senator Steve Daines, the GOP sponsor of the Safe Banking Act, said recently that members were not quite there yet on a final deal, but are continuing discussions. Schumer also recently spoke with a cannabis industry leader who approached him at an unrelated event last month. And according to the entrepreneur, the Senate leader is feeling confident about the prospects of passing the cannabis banking bill, as he noted in the letter. However, getting the measure across the finish line will demand Republican support. And key GOP senators like Senator Minority Leader Mitch McConnell have previously poised obstacles to the incremental reform. It is also unclear when the Senate will be able to complete its work on appropriations legislation and the NDAA, which Schumer suggests will need to be addressed first before moving on to the other bipartisan bills. Yada, 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 yada. Uh, It keeps going on about some other junk going on in Congress that they're not going to (laughs) do. But. Uh, Schumer is correct that he needs uh, Republican support for this. It's a no-brainer. I don't know why he has to actually say that. Uh, But he has the Republican support if he doesn't screw it up. Uh, And frankly, expungements and all that can be there as a part of the HOPE Act, and many Republicans are willing for the HOPE Act to be incorporated. So unless Schumer just takes a complete dump on this bill, there's no reason this will not get at least 
20 Republican votes uh, in the Senate. This is Gretchen for Hyatt 9 News. At least 20 Republican votes. At least. At least. I'll tell you what. don't fuck around. It will get the votes. Oh. Yes. Not to, not to fuck around and find out, but don't fuck around, huh? The bill yes, sir. Schumer, fuck it up. Schumer, well, Schumer. What does Schumer have to do to lose their support? Uh, hold on, hold on, hold Schumer on. just has to be Schumer. Yeah, I was going to say, well, we have, you know, the Biden administration rescheduling mm-hmm. cannabis before this bill No. Passes. No. Absolutely not. Mm-mm. What the hope is that this will get a markup in committee prior to the August recess, and then the vote will actually come on this before the election. That is the scuttlebutt around town. Mm-hmm. That's the hope. That's the word on the streets. And uh, and, and with that, we're gonna go we'll to a com- we're gonna go to a commercial. We're gonna be right back. Thank you so much for that, Gretchen. Hopefully, Chuck Senator Chuck Schumer doesn't screw this one up like he did last time, but we'll see. Hyatt 9 News invites you to join us and become a sponsor, supporter, and attendee for the second annual Envision Gala for This Is Jane Project, a nonprofit organization leading the way in advocating for trauma-informed care. This Is Jane Project offers a range of programs designed to shed light, build community, and uplift the lives of women and non-binary trauma survivors who use cannabis as medicine. Support this event that is sure to make an impact today. For more information about sponsorship opportunities, visit www.thisisjaneproject.org. All right, whatever you're doing, make sure you hit that subscribe button if you haven't already, and also make sure you hit that like button. And we have one more commercial for you. We'll be right back. The control tower from Highly Educated has perfected the dab. Utilizing the concept of thin film evaporation, you can waste none of it and taste all of it. The micro texture of the SE pillar increases nucleation at elevated temperatures. And with the tower propelling at 2600 RPMs, it's certainly the most efficient dab experience to date. The control tower from Highly Educated. Oh, yeah. Up next, she is the National Community Dir- Program Director at M4MM Power 88 Las Vegas' friendly neighborhood encyclopedia every Wednesday morning. And here to hit us with a little bit more of that purple plant magic, Nicole Buffon. <laughs> Thank you so much, Rico. Appreciate that. Much love. All right. So my, my story today is coming out of, or coming from Benzinga. Um, they are, uh, <clears throat> they said that medical marijuana um, patient granted nearly 200K um, in, <clears throat> granted nearly 200K as New York Supreme Court confirms discrimination. The story was by Nina Zajinak Benzinga. Okay. So um, can you fire an employee for legal marijuana use in New York? You can, but you may end up paying a lot of money for it. What happened? So um, Thomas V. Apples, 44, a West wastewater treatment worker in Amsterdam, New York, was fired by Michael Knocky, Knocky. Um, some three years ago for testing positive for cannabis. He was fired under the provisions of a last chance agreement that had been given to him when he screened positive for cannabis in 2017. The agreement included a clause noting that further violations of the city's drug policies could lead to the firing. They couldn't fire him fast enough, said Kevin Labard. I'm sorry, hold on one second. Okay, they couldn't fire him fast enough. Um, they gave him a termination letter on a Monday that fired him the prior Sunday so he couldn't present his prescription card. About one year before he was fired, Apoles became a registered medical marijuana patient. His doctors prescribed cannabis for chronic back pain, legally consuming for medical reasons in the form of a capsule on non-work days or in the evening at home when his pain became unbearable. Apoles de- decided to fight. He went to city officials and explained his case. After a five-day trial before state Supreme Court, the jury reached its verdict. City officials have to pay $191,762 to uphold for discrimination and for violating state human rights law. 
Furthermore, Apholz will be allowed to apply to the judge to order his reinstatement at the wastewater treatment plant. Um, I thought this story was interesting, so I did a little research to find out um, what other states have granted, have have uh, uh, sided with the patient when they sue. Seven months ago, a patient sued his employer here in Nevada. The Nevada Supreme Court has ruled that employees have the right to sue employers if they are fired for using medical marijuana outside of work. The justices found that employees, I mean, employers must provide reasonable accommodations for workers who use medical marijuana and rule that workers have a right to sue if they are fired when a company does not make accommodation. The Supreme Court did not weigh in on what exactly an employer must do to create reasonable accommodation. But they did say law enforcement agencies are exempt from the state law requiring accommodations, according to their opinion. Um, as a medical patient, I found these rulings very interesting. Um, I think that we're just getting started when it comes to patients recognizing their rights. Um, you know, if, if, for example, in a state like Nevada, if you change the state constitution to say that cannabis is medicine and, it, and it's no longer a Schedule One drug, um, then the pharmacy board should follow suit. Um, I know that that case came up last year as well. So um, I'm I'm just interested in seeing how this all flows. And I'm interested in hearing from Michael what he thinks the, the new snowball effect from these type of cases will be for the medical patient um, community. Uh, this is Nicole Bofong reporting for Hot 9 News. Well, that is awesome. And, you know, ironically, um, I just got an opinion from the first district court of appeal uh, for one of Sean's um, members in regards to, similar to the police department, but it was a Department of Corrections worker, um, disabled vet. He tested positive for cannabis and a random, so there was no suspicion at work. Um, we had sued uh, the department. The First District Court of Appeal just held, and they didn't issue an, op an opinion, ended up issuing an opinion on an employee rights issue. They ended up issuing the opinion on um, the gun issue and said that because he was a Department of Corrections worker and potentially during his job duties could be required to carry a gun because it's federally illegal, um, they threw the case out on that issue, but they did not address the employee rights issue. We currently have a case set for arbitration um, the end of the month, end of July, for a Hillsborough County paramedic who was an EMT as well, a uh, firefighter who tested positive for cannabis, and we're arguing the same thing. So our constitutional amendment says not required to accommodate on-site use for employees, kind of like in some of these other states. Massachusetts has also held that um, employees could sue, and also Connecticut. There's case law out of Connecticut that says that they can as well, and some of their statutes allow them to do so, uh, whereas ours, Nevada's, and a couple other states are kind of silent on it, um, but allowed to do so. So we're dealing with that issue. We just filed a, a request for a rehearing, and then slash we will likely be appealing to the Florida Supreme Court about the issue. Um, based on the Oklahoma case, Oklahoma gun case, which from our perspective said that, listen, being a marijuana user alone is not uh, in, in the intent of, you know, an illegal gun possession on, under the influence of drugs. So it's an interesting issue that we're on top of here in the state. What's most interesting is the fact that um, they are limiting people who want to use a gun or have a gun license only for cannabis use. I mean, shouldn't the same rules apply for alcohol or any other a drug like legal or not? Like it, you know, people under the influence of heavy opioids and pain medicine shouldn't be operating a gun either. I am entirely with you. And I think the um, Oklahoma case or the, the case does a really good analysis of that, the intent exactly. And they use alcohol as an example. You know, you can own a gun and drink alcohol, but you shouldn't have be drunk right. and under the influence and be carrying a weapon, right? So, and especially we just passed an open carry, so you don't even need a permit here in the state of Florida to carry a weapon in public. So it begins that we all deal with, right? The can of bias. Uh, for some reason, cannabis patients are much more deadly than opiate patients and people on morphine and Percocets and stuff.
somebody smoking weed rob a, a, a liquor store or you know yep very anything. very 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 true very true i just it's a very interesting case i i can't believe this cannabis company had two hundred thousand dollars to pay this employee out with though that's what i find more interesting hey it's not company it's the wastewater management company oh got it got it got it got it no no wonder they had two hundred thousand dollars to pay this employee out within that makes a lot more sense now oh boy oh boy yes Mm -hmm. i think i think i think this is great and i hope that uh others follow suit Mm -hmm. literally you have any thoughts on this gretchen Nope. Okay. All right. All right. We're going to go to a commercial. We're going to be right back. Keep it moving. Keep it yeah, moving. We're going to go to a commercial. We're going to be right back. Keeping up to date on the evolving policies of relevant state, local, and federal governments is key to success. When the future of your business is at stake, you need representation as dedicated as you are. With a maze of laws and regulations surrounding cannabis, hemp, and psychedelics, knowing where to begin can be a challenge. Good thing the law offices of Omar Figueroa features a skilled, highly focused team ready to guide you through it all. They're accepting new clients in California and New York. So make sure you check them out at info at omarfigueroa.com. Coming up next, it's the man with the voice. That's right, Mr. Todd Dankin. He's the founder of Digipath Labs and the recent founder of the internet sensation, The Smuggleverse. So make sure you check it out online. That's right. It is none other than the Mr. Todd Dankin. Thank you, Jason. Jason, well, back in the news is, uh, you know, beer, scratch ticket, weed, gas station, cannabis. Coming to Florida and then to the world. Picking up some cannabis where you fill up your gas tank will be a thing uh, at a Circle K in Florida very soon. Green Thumb Industries CEO expressed confidence in an interview that regulators in Florida will ultimately approve the company's groundbreaking deal to establish medical cannabis dispensaries alongside Circle K gas stations throughout the state. Partnership between the multi-state operator and Circle K would allow medical marijuana patients to purchase snacks and fuel up at Circle K convenience stores while also having access to cannabis products at adjacent Rise dispensaries. Its announcement in October, the agreement has garnered national attention and regulatory scrutiny. However, Florida's health department responsible for overseeing medical cannabis has yet to approve a stance that remains unchanged after more than eight months. In April, the deal faced litigation, raising doubts about its feasibility. In response, Green Thumb Industries clarified that opening Rise Express stores, including those adjacent to gas stations, is contingent upon regulatory approval, as is the case with all their dispensaries in Florida. With these challenges, CEO Ben Kovler remains determined to see the plans through, saying, trying to get it over the line. Their Florida regulators nor Green Thumb Industries have provided further details or updates regarding the ongoing litigation or the deal's process. Green Thumb Industries operates 10 rise dispensaries in Florida, about a monopoly, right? As indicated on their website, and the company had initially planned to start a phased rollout of approximately 10 additional stores across the state, adhering to Florida's regulations that require dispensary operators to seek variance requests from regulators explained by legal experts familiar with the state's laws. Florida's policy toward medical marijuana, as we were discussing, has significantly evolved in recent years. The Florida Medical Marijuana Legalization Initiative, commonly known as Amendment 2, was enacted in 2016 and made it legal for persons qualifying medical conditions to consume medical cannabis. With a surge in registered patients and permitted dispensaries since then, Florida's medical cannabis business has experienced phenomenal growth. Florida has established a strict regulatory structure to ensure the scrutiny and integrity of the medical cannabis program. This regulatory structure includes strict license specifications, exacting testing guidelines, and thorough tracking systems that monitor the growth, distribution, and sale of medical cannabis products. Florida has supported the uh, medical marijuana sector, but approving new partnerships and agreements is still difficult and very time-consuming. Florida's present policy on medical cannabis and established regulatory framework. CEO of Green Thumb is upbeat about the Circle K medical cannabis agreement. 
Growing patient base and statewide acceptance of medical marijuana as a legitimate treatment choice support the CEO's upbeat outlook. However, it's imperative to recognize that other parties, including state regulators, licensing agencies, and local communities, are involved in the approval process for such transactions. These organizations are crucial in determining the potential effects of new partnerships and assuring adherence to all applicable laws and regulations. Potential agreement between Circle K and Green Thumb in the medical cannabis industry holds great promise, delivering substantial economic benefits to Florida. The continuous expansion of the medical cannabis market, this partnership can drive job creation and foster robust economic growth throughout the region. Construction of a few new dispensaries and cultivation facilities due to this agreement will first and foremost require qualified personnel to manage and administer these activities. As a result, employment possibilities would be generated in various industries, including agriculture, retail distribution, and administration. These op- these uh, employment opportunities, of course, would give people a steady income and drastically lower the area's unemployment rates. Collaboration has the potential to significantly enhance Florida's tax revenue as well. As other states have uh, legalized medical cannabis, have witnessed the industry's lucrative nature in generating tax income. The more the positive impact of this deal extends to other businesses operating within the state, the presence of a well-respected brand like Circle K in the medical cannabis market bound to attract additional investments and stimulate the growth of associate industries. Will 7-Eleven partner with Next? Right, Getting approval for the medical cannabis deal in Florida presents significant challenges for Green Thumb and Circle K to the complex regulatory landscape. Florida has strict regulations governing the production, distribution, and sale of medical cannabis. These regulations encompass licensing requirements, te- product testing protocols, compliance with security measures, and many, many other regulations. The approval process involves thorough background checks, financial audits. The list goes on and on. Regulatory, uh, regulatory authorities closely scrutinize every aspect of the proposed deal prevent potential abuse, diversion, illegal use of medical cannabis. They evaluate the operations, security measures, and track and trace systems of companies involved in the industry. Despite these challenges, Green Thumb CEO remains optimistic about approving the Circle K medical cannabis deal in Florida. The company's track record and commitment to compliance and the potential economic benefits it can bring to the state um, he feels will help the entire state of Florida. Oh, Green Thumbs Industry CEO remains confident, and Florida, they think that Florida will pass its law. Todd Dankin with Hyatt 9 News. Uh, what do you say? I think the Green Thumbs... Uh, is Florida going to pass the, the law? I think the Green Thumbs uh, CEO is, is smoking something because they already got turned down by the state of Florida in regards to this proposal. So why they're surfacing it up and bringing it all up up to fruition again. I mean, Michael, do you have any insight in in regards to this being being an attorney in Florida? Yeah, obviously. So I know when they first kind of and it came up, the department was like, ha laughed at it. it was like, you're not what are you talking about? You know, I, I really think it's an interesting issue, right? Because it's not like dispensaries can't be next to they can be standalone they can be in the middle of strip malls you know they could be anywhere in the state you know and we we're talking about the strip clubs i mean you know so one person that was a big part of, of fighting the laws here in the state joe redner who owns Mon mons venus one of the you know very famous strip clubs is like you know two blocks from sunnyside Right. One of the Cresco's dispensaries here. So I think it is more I think they shouldn't have probably phased it and pushed it out like they did. They should have just found locations that the Circle K already had that were zoned appropriately and then put the dispensaries there um, as opposed to proposing it like this. But I don't think the proposal that they have like that they're just going to get a blanket ability to anywhere a Circle K is to be able to put a dispensary. I don't think that's even close to happening, especially not in this regime. Yeah. My, my question is, is this 
be like a, a, a drive through kind of dispensary? Like, what were they thinking? Like, how are you going to car ID everybody that comes into the, no, to, no. To the gas station? No, that, so, 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 so what they were saying originally, uh, Nicole, to, to that point is that they were saying that they would have to build a little sub store that has a totally separate entrance, totally separate everything that is just housed within the Circle K. So it would be a store within a store in essence. Did you have something, Gretchen? Just just to attract the traffic, just to get the traffic that typically go to a Circle K every day. What? And I think um, zoning-wise and partnership-wise, so you know, technically how that partnership agreement looks between the two of them, because my understanding of reading a Florida law, you know, a property owner for a dispensary cannot share in the proceeds of the profits, right? So if that partnership between Circle K and Rise allowed them to do that, I think that would be a regulatory issue in Florida. Because um, really the zoning, again, if it's zoned correctly in Florida, technically, our dispensaries, if they allow them and they don't ban them, they're supposed to be zoned like pharmacies, right? So they're they're everywhere, you know, in certain locations. And like some of the stores are literally like little holes with a waiting table, a couple of chairs inside, and they just bring stock. You do your order and they bring stock out to you. So I can see them easily creating the model in a correctly zoned area. I, I think that they probably you know, put their foot in their mouth when they publicized it and created it and made it mm -hmm. known to the Floridian regulators. Gretchen, Gretchen, what do you have to say about this? Um, I do think that a number of things would have to change in Florida, but I also don't think Green Thumb would be pushing this if they didn't really have a plan to make this happen. Um, so while I don't think it's going to happen tomorrow, I think this is a definite possibility and I, not that I'm offering financial advice, but I'd invest in Green Thumb Industries if you're looking for something. I see that now. That's uh, exactly. So they have not screwed up when it comes to MSOs. These guys have been able to hold their shit together. And frankly, I don't think they would be out there this much if they didn't have a real plan in place to make this work. You are right about the second part, Gretchen. But but I, I truly believe that they are using this as a total total charade just to try to raise money and create hype and create press releases and to create buzz and because that is what stimulates these investors well i have no problem with creating hype and buzz and i but i do think um smart pr folks which i believe green thumb industry has i mm -hmm. uh, wouldn't be putting this out there as a total sham jason Beck. i think yes it would take time uh but i I agree with their CEO. I think there's hope behind this. I don't know. I, I think there's a model, at least for some locations, for them to do it uh, at a minimum. And yeah, we I do, do agree I, that I don't think they can just throw it onto any gas station. I don't think that's happening. Yeah. I they, think there will be a limited have, number. There'll be like one. We already do have drive throughs Yeah, they're, they're not going to allow them to do a drive through in Florida like that at a gas station. Be, oh, man. I could just see it. We got we, we to gotta keep it moving. Rico, you ready? Let's go. All right. We got next. We Coming up next, it's the man. What? It's Sean. Sean's Coming next. Off? Yeah. Coming up is, is the man, the myth, the legend, the all-star, veteran's voice himself, representing Weed for Warriors, my man, Sean Kiernan. <laughs> What you got, big dog? Thank you, uh, Rico. Uh, can you hear me? All good, baby. Can you hear me? Okay. Yep. Going to just hit a, a, an article that came out a few weeks ago that I didn't hear much talked about, but it's really important. That's the cost out of NBC. Uh, cost in the war on drugs continues to soar. Can't hear. It's been called the nation's longest war in more than five decades, and many Americans wonder what they have gotten out of the time and money spent on the so-called drug war on drugs, jobs. A variety of measures suggest that the policies that have shaped it have limited success and that they have produced uneven across the country. Some groups have been hurt more particularly African-Americans, but few seem to have enjoyed real benefits. Starting with the basic, the war on drugs has not only been long it's been expensive 52 years 
Sean, Sean, Sean. Yeah, Sean, Sean, we're we're only getting every other word for you, Sean. Is is your connection bad? Nine billion dollars in direct spending at the federal level on the way to multiple figure of that. This is the war turned fifty two. It was June nineteen seventy one when President Richard Nixon declared. Can't hear anything you're saying. Yeah, we're not we're not getting anything from you, Sean. What is what happened to your internet? You're doing good for a minute. Okay, so I'm 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 taking it that the basic gist is we've spent a shit ton of money on the war on drugs and it's done nothing. Is that what you're coming from, Sean? Feel free to nod your head or blink oh, yeah. eyes. Billion last year, yes, yes, okay. yes. Forty billion last year and one trillion since the beginning in direct cost. This thing is bankrupting our country. And it's benefiting people. All you have to do, the whole story here is who's making money off this. That's why we have this system we have. That is why so we have Rico the system. Private, say, follow the money. Mm -hmm. Follow the private money. Prisons are follow the money. Yeah, private prisons. Private prisons. Pharmaceutical companies. Oh, man. The list goes on and on and Thank on. You. And don't forget about all of those law enforcement agencies that collect from asset forfeiture. That's the big killer the right there. Association. Oh yeah, the police associations, all of them. They're they're all benefiting from this. Oh. You know, the number one number one thing uh, cops used to say back in the days, especially in the eighties, was the bigger the bust, the bigger the boost. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And they weren't talking about strip. They weren't talking about strip clubs either. Woo! See what you did there. But you know what? Do we have, do we have any more comments on that one? Sorry, you're um, you're all broken up there, Sean. Big yeah. dog. I really wanted to hear your story too. Yeah, man. I'm not sure. We're gonna we're gonna get you some some uh, better internet in your new house, Sean. Like, um, I just you know. It's it's the same old story, unfortunately. So, um, you know, we can't I, I don't know how we're going to change these, the tide. I, I feel like we keep saying, keep saying research, research, research. Uh, we could be spending that money that we're spending um, on the war on drugs, failed war on drugs, on research on this plant um, so that all of these naysayers can shut the fuck up. Oh, boy. I see what you did there, Nicole. Mm hmm. I like that. I like excuse. Yeah, let's let's roll, Rico. The let's research excuse is just an excuse. We know there's tons of research on PubMed, <laughs> and there's like you know how many what a couple of studies on Viagra before they released that, and they already know it killed people. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. Big fact. The profit potential was worth it. Was it was the most profitable drug in the history of our country at the time fastest selling drug ever so it's because the old white guys are in charge look they endorse viagra and they don't endorse weed yep. <laughs> to get rid of the old white guys <laughs> i didn't say it it wasn't me oh, it boy. wasn't me oh, that's coming from an old white guy yeah. i'm telling you right it's a <laughs> of it all thank you todd for being so honest Love yeah that. i mean i mean i'm not in congress making rules but i um i am i am part of that old white guy group and it's just it's it's shameful it's literally shameful and well it's also shameful that uh, we've come to the top of the hour, and um, I want to thank you all for joining us on today's episode of High 9 News. You can always catch us weekdays at 9 a.m. Pacific, high noon on the East Coast. Big shout-out to our super fans showing love and getting their comments projected live on the big screen. Also to the live audience members and online supporters catching us across all media platforms, tuning in and giving us feedback on the daily headlines. To our vetted correspondent team tuning in from all over, bringing us much-needed variety of perspective and your respected opinions to the table. To our production team, Cloud Media Partners, House of Fuego, The Vortex, Text, all our sponsors helping us keep the lights on and keeping our AV struggles to a minimum. And of course, the lovely Jaja Simone holding us down on all the other platforms too. To the haters out there, keep on hating, man. Keep on hating because the more you hate, the more love we're going to have in this world. And it's all about balance. I tell you what, balance. And always, Cannabis Sativa L, the reason the Hide Nine News team shows up every day to read these headlines. Thank you too. 
It has been Tuesday, July 11th, 2023. The show's over. You've all been blessed with the top industry headlines. Hope it was enough for you to put in your pipe and smoke at least until tomorrow. I'm Rico Lamid, the dopest dad on the street, with your daily reminder that when life gives you no place else to turn, you can always turn the fuck up. And um, Mr. Minority, you got the outro today, man. You got to get a message to send these folks at home. Hey, show up, do the thing, and if you're in Florida, get out and vote and support legalization and... You know, if you need me, Minority Law, we're here for you in anything cannabis. Support the MILF Amendment.